Welcome back to the Black Sheep Rising Podcast. I am Mike Elder. And uh, today I wanted to do something a little bit different. I wanted to not talk about personal experiences as much and just talk about trauma in general. Um, trauma is one of those odd things that growing up as a kid, um, you know, there was trauma centers. And to me, trauma was being physically hurt, injured in a car crash. And that's something that I really want to want to talk about and and explain and and try to um, you know at least in my own way identify how similar they are emotional and physical trauma. Physical trauma is um, you know you're driving down the road in your car, someone pulls out in front of you, you hit them, you become injured. An ambulance pulls up, people give you first aid, an ambulance pulls up and takes you to a hospital and it turns out you have a broken leg and, um, you know, you have a concussion and maybe you have a bloody lip. And so doctors will look at you and it's very obvious that you've had this problem and and it's also very obvious what's happened to you, you know. It, it's discussed the whole way to the hospital that there was a traffic accident, a TA is the EMTs might call it, and that this person has a contusion to their lip, and they have a fracture to their right lower leg, and it's all tended to in a very neat and tidy way. Um, doctors will prescribe medicine. They'll cast your leg. Um, they'll they'll give you a CAT scan and make sure your head isn't injured worse than it, you know, than just a minor concussion. Um, you know, there's other things, obviously, besides just the physical damage to your body. You know, there's physical trauma and even cultural trauma, I would say, or, you know, regional trauma. You know, we live, or I live, in the Midwest. And, uh, you know, sometimes tornadoes go through or there might be a flood. And when these situations happen, it's a traumatic event, but... What tends to happen, and even in the car crash, um, you know, people will become aware of the fact that you've been in a car crash, or that there's been a tornado, or that there's been a fire, or whatever the situation happens to be. And people being good in general, and I truly believe that most people are good in general, um, you know, they will offer to help, um, you know. Someone might offer to tow your car or to loan you another car. Um, someone might come and help you pick up brush and leaves and help restore and repair storm damage. Um, you know, people will reach out and seek to help you even by just being supportive. You know, sorry you went through this. Um, if there's anything we can do to help you, let us know. You know, they may bring food to your house. They may come mow your yard because your leg's broken and, and you're not allowed to get out and, and mow your yard. And these physical things are, are very easy to see and very easy to identify and classify. And in many ways, they're much easier to, well, I would say in every way, they're much easier to to deal with and to tend to and, if you want to say the word, to fix you know, I can put a new front bumper on my car. I can I can put a radiator in it and pull the core support. Um, 
Um, you know, I can make that sucker fixed up good as new. But, you know, the, the main thing is, is, you know, you have no fear of taking your car to the, to the repair shop, <clears throat> uh, calling your insurance company and telling them what happened, getting all the help that you need. It's a, a very, you know, it's, it's not an easy thing ever. I mean, it's, everything is work and it's complicated, but it's not something that, you know, people are going to look at you and go, oh my, you know, he was in a car crash. Somebody pulled out in front of him. Boy, you know, I mean, I wonder what he was doing to deserve that. Um, you know, if you take a while to heal and, and your leg just takes a while or you have a concussion or, or something even worse, people aren't going to look at you and go, oh, you know, boy, that, that Mike, he's, you know, he's a slow healer. He's, you know, he's, he's got all these issues with his darn leg and he just can't seem to get that leg to heal. People don't do that. Or at least your fear isn't that people are going to do that. There might actually be someone that did, but the point being physical and invisible trauma is, is a very common, very easy to deal with type of thing and people tend to bond because of trauma you know physical trauma when there's a hurricane or a tornado you'll see groups of people travel into those areas to help emotional trauma is is uh very much the opposite um you know obviously with a car crash or with a tornado or or with um whatever type of physical disaster there might be there's always emotional trauma that goes along with it too um you know i loved that car i didn't want that car hit i got it from my grandmother or you know and now it's damaged and i'm afraid to to drive in this area because people don't like to stop at stop signs and how do i know that they're not going to do that you know that would be an emotional trauma it'd be a a system developed in your brain to you know because of what happened to you that that deals with the the realities of the fact that driving is unpredictable and and natural disasters happen and things flood and but the difference between emotional trauma is very often you're alone at times you may not even realize how traumatic a situation it is and and just about anything can be or cause emotional trauma. It, it can be moving um, from one area to another. It can be graduating high school. You know, you're, you're leaving behind friends and a situation that you've known your whole life and, and moving on with your life, and that's traumatic for some people. Um, you know, it can be the end of a relationship or being in a relationship that's abusive or, or not healthy or toxic in some way. Um, it can be witnessing something, you know. I've certainly had that situation as well, and it, it caused traumatic feelings in me. But the common thing that comes along, in my opinion anyway, with emotional trauma is um, a, an avoidance. A detachment, you know, from fear and anxiety of being able to say to people, yeah, you know, you, I was sexually molested. 
Um, I was traumatized because someone in my family passed away or my dog died or, or whatever the situation is and this is really emotionally hurting me. You know, it's very easy for you to feel alone and uh, to sit and to analyze those events because those events were solely your own. You know, the more traumatic the event, the more information your brain is liable to hold on to. Um, you know, whether it be the end of a relationship and the, you know, the clothing that someone was wearing, the place that you were at, the way that you felt, you know, the, the words that were said and what they meant to you. Um, you know, all of those things become fixated in your brain. They become fixed, I should say, in your brain. And, you know, they cause you to um, overanalyze everything. And, and you soon find that you have these um, triggers that, you know, simple things like a, a blue dress or a sunny sky or a certain phrase can become something that reminds you of a traumatic event. But it's very personal. And there's a stigma. There, there truly is around people. And, and we all have this, which is funny. We all have trauma. You know, it may not be the same trauma. You know, some of us were in a car crash. Some of us were in a flood. Um, but the difference between the car crash and the flood is we all relate and we all join together in those things. And in emotional trauma, very often, that doesn't happen. It's really easy to, you know, be fearful that if I admit that I was traumatized, I admit that I was sexually molested, I admit that I was physically abused, I admit that I am... And I feel emotionally damaged, perhaps is the word, um, by this event that I went through. You know, whatever that event happens to be for you. Um, it's very easy to feel like people are going to judge you. Um, I certainly shared very deep and intimate um, details of my life on this podcast and and the truth is, those things are personal. And I, I actually had someone tell me that I, I share too much. And um, the thing that's important to remember is, um, you know, it is your story. And this is my story. Um, your trauma and your life experience is yours. And, and how you choose to deal with it, or in some cases not deal with it, is entirely up to you. But I think that for myself, it's very important that I, when it comes to my trauma and the things that have happened to me, that I, I own it and I, I acknowledge it. Um, the idea being, you know, to identify the way it makes me feel, what happened, the, the faulty thoughts that come about because of what happened to me you know, the coping mechanisms that I've developed, the the fear of trusting someone, the fear of being intimate, of, of failure, the fear of all these things, you know, where, where did these come from? And it's important for me to 
to look at them and, and identify the source of trauma and then the reactions that I've had to them. And the reason being is to own not just the source of the trauma and my reactions, but to try to make better decisions on a daily basis to make that situation better. You know, it, it can be very afraid to even start that process. It can be very, um, very difficult. Um, you know, I took decades before, <clears throat> before I felt comfortable enough to discuss the fact that, you know, as a child I was sexually molested. Um, it took even longer for me to start connecting the dots and realizing that, you know, my childhood trauma with my mother, um, you know, what that caused me to do. In the At times I was passive-aggressive in relationships because that's what I was used to, you know. You, you expected people to know what you wanted and your way of telling them wasn't to just communicate the idea that here's what I want and why, and, and I want it from you. Um, it was to act in a passive-aggressive way to try to get what you wanted. And that, that's a very flawed and very um, heart-wrenching and ends in disaster. And it's taken me, you know, a lot of deliberate work to get over that. But as I said, um, emotional trauma is impossible to see. Well, that's not even true. It's more difficult to see. Because I, I think um, a lot of times people are afraid to see the signs of trauma in other people as well. Um, I've certainly seen it when people withdraw. Um, when people are unwilling to trust and I've been in relationships with people, with women especially, who, because of the trauma in their life, because of a past boyfriend, or because of a parent, or because of sexual abuse, or because of whatever situation they went through, um, they now choose not to trust. And that's a dangerous slope. I mean, that, that's the same thing as, as if I was driving my car and I, I need my car. I must go to work, I have to be able to go to the grocery store, I want to be able to travel the world, I want to be able to not be stuck in one place, unable to leave because I can't drive. And so the idea of having a car crash is, you know, yeah, it sucks and I had to have my leg heal and I had to go get a new car because it was totaled, but I'm still going to get in that car and drive. I might be more cautious I might slow down a bit. I might watch people at stop signs and make sure that they're stopping and, and be more prepared to take evasive action. And those are all good responses to trauma. Um, you know, more diligence, more care, more awareness as you drive. Those aren't bad things. Those are things that, uh, you know, perhaps you became careless. You know, be, perhaps you drive too fast. And so now you've had this experience that has changed those things, but yet you still drive. And emotional trauma, a lot of times you, you don't deal with the cause of the trauma. And so your reactions become magnified. 
And, you know, it becomes okay not to trust someone else because someone in your past has been untrustworthy. And it becomes that person's responsibility, the person that you're in a, re in a relationship with, to prove to you that they are trustworthy. And, and I've had really good relationships where I wasn't trusted. And one could certainly argue that that's not a good relationship at all if you're not trusted. You know, to me, the basis of any relationship, whether it be friendship, whether it be a romantic relationship, is 100% trust. You know, to, to quote a good friend, you know, you have to always give me the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, that's just step one. And if it's a relationship that started to where one person or both are afraid to trust each other, then that relationship is doomed from the beginning. And then it sometimes comes down to the ideas too. I've, I've been through those relationships and I later, I sit here and I tell myself, well, that's your own fault, Mike. You know, you knew she had this, this trust issue and you stayed. You know, you allowed that boundary. I must be trusted. You know, perhaps in the past I did things that weren't trustworthy. And I 100% I will admit that that's a, a fact. But that doesn't mean that I'm not trustworthy. Um, you know, perhaps in your past you were with people or around people or in a situation where you were abandoned and you felt unsafe. You know, you, you felt threatened. That doesn't mean that it's okay to project those things onto me and make me have to prove to you that I'm not untrustworthy. And so it's, it's, it's difficult um, because so often our emotional trauma goes unhealed. And having unhealed emotional trauma causes a myriad of, of issues and problems. It, it does cause you, like I was just saying, with, with trust. You know, if you don't heal that source of, of trauma, if you don't discuss it with other people and, you know, yes, I was in a relationship with someone and they cheated, they, they hurt me, they were abusive, they were all these different things. So often we don't discuss that. We, we don't get to heal because it becomes an internal wound that the next time we meet somebody and they happen to be a jerk or, you know, they, they don't um, fulfill whatever positive needs you have, then all of a sudden it's easy to reinforce that negative trauma. And I, for one, have... I, for one, have lived a life where I've repeated cycles many times. I've... I've um, gotten into relationships where I knew the person had trust issues and to me my desire and my need to be trusted and you know the importance that I put on that meant that to me I got to the job and the um I, I don't even know how to describe it but it became my crusade perhaps to prove my worthiness and well, if you've listened to my other podcast, you certainly understand that proving myself has been something that I learned was something you were supposed to do. You know, I, I felt invalued, undervalued. I felt unworthy. And it was my job 
to do things to convince the people that I loved or the people that were in my life my worthiness. And I would argue that, uh, you know, these days I try not to do that. Um, I still find myself doing it. And in fact, my, my last um, relationship, I did that on the daily. Um, but it's a very emotionally draining. And when you have a lot of your own emotional wounds and trauma, proving yourself and feeling like you're not accomplishing the task brings up all of those ancient wounds and all of that damage done by that trauma and it it's ugly and it is it is not a healthy thing and my body has taken the toll for it you know um that's one thing that i i need you to understand as well or that i believe as well is that this emotional trauma though it's not at times physical though it can be certainly can cause physical damage to your body you know not to mention your brain but your physical body so you know i i think it's really important to just as you would your damaged car realize that the car is damaged acknowledge that fact take steps to remedy that you know i'm going to get the car fixed now that the car is fixed i'm going to drive it now that, that i'm driving i'm going to be more careful be mindful i'm still going to trust the car to do its job i'm going to trust the car to drive i'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt that when someone pulls out in front of me i'm going to hit the brakes and the car is going to stop but besides that i'm going to take an active role in my own trauma in my own fear, and my own anxiety, and I'm going to make small decisions daily to make driving easier for myself. I'm going to drive a little slower. I'm going to avoid areas that I know are dangerous. I'm going to allow a little extra room between me and the car in front of me. You know, I'm going to slow for a stop sign sooner than I would have. And to me, it's, it's also a decision to be thankful and, and to try and see, you know, the positives. A, the car wasn't totaled and was repairable, or it was totaled and I got a new one, whichever the situation happened to be. You know, I'm thankful that I can still drive. My leg was broken and it's a little stiff and sore, but it still works and I can still drive. You know, it's it's not even necessarily that you have to be thankful. You can decide to just be okay with something. You know, the car looks like crap because it was repaired, and that's okay, you know, because it still gets me to work. Um, I still get to go to the grocery store, and I still get to go out with friends. Um, you know, it's just a matter of if all my focus is is how broken the car is, and how badly the brakes worked and how this person pulled out in front of me and I hit them. If all I think about are all those negative things, that's going to be all that I see in my world. Instead of seeing the time you got to spend with your friends Saturday because you drove your car to a party. Um, because the dinner you made because you went to the grocery store. It's important. You know, your perspective is, is very much important in all of that.
But I think it's important also to think of what can I do today, right now, in this moment to move forward. You know, I'm, I'm using the automotive analogy a lot because that's I'm a car guy. But, um, you know, if you're driving along and you're in a new city and, and you know you have to take I-70 to get wherever you're going or, or whatever... And you get off for gas and you, um, you're driving around lost and you're in this city and it's a little scary because the neighborhood isn't great. Um, you know, it's your job to, to find a way back to that highway. You know, to find the easiest route back to where you're trying to go. And it may be a small step, you know, and that's my focus is on small steps. You know, I'm going to pull over. You know, I'm at this gas station, I'm going to sit here for a minute, and I'm going to enter the address that I'm going to in my GPS. I'm going to ask the guy at the counter, hey, what's the easiest, fastest way back to the highway? And it's very easy in a relationship. It's very, you know, these are analogies if you're missing my point. It's very easy in a relationship. It's very easy in your life, your career, your, your dreams and desires to get sidetracked. You know, <clears throat> it's very easy to get sidetracked. You pull off for gas one day, and next thing you know, you're in a relationship with someone that you thought was was healthy for you, and it's not. You're at a job that you thought was good for you, and it's not. You know, you're making decisions in your life um, that aren't good for you, either in a physical health way or in your emotional well-being way. And it's, you know, it's one thing to sit and worry about the fact that you're lost and worry about the fact that, man, I've been in this relationship that's not healthy and I don't feel trusted and my boundaries are all broken. I can sit and I can focus on all of these things or I can focus on what I can do to move forward, what actions I can take to make things right. Maybe I apologize for something. Maybe I explain my feelings to somebody. I ask for directions. I focus on what I can do right. And at this particular point, I, I enter the address into my GPS. I put the car in drive and I start driving. And soon, no matter how far out of way I was or how scary the situation may have been, I find myself back on the on-ramp to the highway. And I'm going the direction that I need to be going. I, I feel like um, trauma and trauma responses create almost like an autopilot. Um, you know, if you don't deal with them, you don't accept them, you don't acknowledge why these feelings ever happened, then soon you find that that trauma creates pathways in your brain that, like I said earlier, you're a person who has been treated unfairly and decided not to trust someone, then summarily decides not to trust anybody. They protect themselves, or at least they believe they are protecting themselves by making the decision, I'm not ever going to trust anybody ever again. I'm going to stand my ground. I don't need them. Screw everybody. I'm going to be safe because I'm never going to give anyone the power to hurt me again. I'm never going to give anyone the power to do me wrong, because I'm not going to give them the trust 
and I'm not going to invest myself in them enough to do that. And I've certainly been there. I think we've all been there, um, you know, but that is very much a trauma response. It's not particularly the most rational response. And I think that even though I, I have been told that, um, you know, using logic and critical thinking on a person who's being emotional is a bad idea. I, I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I feel like, um, what you can do is identify your trauma and, and you can try and own whatever the situation is. Yes, this happened to me. You know, this is, this is something that hurt me deeply. Um, you know, my, my sexual trauma, my trauma from my mother, my trauma from everything else that, you know, some of we've not even talked about yet. How do these things affect me? Well, they made me feel unworthy. They made me feel embarrassed and ashamed. And, and why do I really feel that way? Well, I feel that way because I'm afraid people are gonna hear my story and what happened to me and they're gonna judge me. They're gonna think I'm dirty. They're going to think I'm, there's something wrong with me. And so I will keep that to myself and I won't trust anyone with this knowledge because I'm so afraid of all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make you better, I assure you. It, it makes power for your trauma. It, it creates a home for your trauma. And I, I really believe accepting it and talking about it um, is a powerful way to conquer it. It's a powerful way to take the strength back that it's taken away from you. Um, it's important too to remember, and because I I judge myself by other people's standards, and I think we all do that. We, as human beings, as cultural people, we want to fit in. Um, you know, the standard for today is married forever, um, good kids, beautiful house, brand new cars, good job. And if you're not that person, then there's something wrong with you. And I think it's important to understand that, um, your process, whatever it be to heal yourself, doesn't need to be validated by my process. Um, you know, it's not a one way one job, one tool fix all, you know, everyone does it in their own way. Um, my particular way is talking about it, sharing it with people, um, starting a podcast, explaining my pain, my trauma to whoever might listen in hopes that their hearing it makes them feel empowered or makes them realize the damage that their trauma has done and, and patterns perhaps that they have. By explaining my own patterns and my own trauma, um, I think it's um, it's very therapeutic for me. But it's also important to realize that you know you being the closest person to your trauma, it's very easy to judge yourself and to assume everyone else is judging you by that same standard. And, you know, there's been so many years of my life I've thought to myself, what's wrong with me? And, and I've even had people reinforce that idea, you know, Mike, what's wrong with you? You know, why do you do this? Why do you act this way? Well, you know, there are reasons for that stuff. But it's important for you to do what works for you. 
and um, you know to realize too that it's not a light switch you know I, I didn't one day identify the fact that um, you know something had happened to me or that I had this trauma and decided okay now I know that it happened and here's how I feel about it and so I can move on with the rest of my life and feel fine and uh, that's not that's not how this works it's a uh, it's a journey till the end um, it, it truly is it's it's something that um, just as that broken leg may hurt every time it rains or may cause a limp you know your trauma is going to cause a limp it truly is and to understand that that limp is there and it's your limp and that it's okay because everyone has that limp at some point in their life to me that's powerful you know it, it it's no different than coming together and i i truly feel that human beings need to be more more open to this idea but people as a whole need to be more accepting of emotional trauma and of mental illness perhaps and of of all those things unseen but very physical you know people are so good at coming together after a national disaster look at look at uh, covid-19 you know the world came together and modified the way that they do everything because of a virus you know to stop the spread and um the truth is, too, that was a very divisive situation and, for many people, very traumatic. And I know people that behave differently in public these days because of COVID. They, they interact with people on a different level. They avoid things because they are afraid. And so this has become a trauma for them. And in reality, it's a trauma for everybody, but your reaction to it is your own. And it's important for you to understand why you feel this way and what you can do to make your life better daily and take those small steps to do so. But it's um, very much a real thing to have to deal with your trauma. And what happens if you don't deal with your trauma is the same situation that if you didn't fix your car or you didn't fix that broken leg, you would have to deal with the power that that broken leg or that unrepaired car has every day. And I keep bringing up the trust situation and the abandonment issues because that um, was something that recently was you know, an, an important part of my life. And actually took somebody that I cared about away from me. Um, you know, this trauma was never really dealt with. This trauma was never conquered. And, and conquered might be a strong word because I don't know that you ever truly conquer anything. But you can live positively with things. Just like, you know, your leg will always have the the scar. You know, we all have our emotional scars and uh, some of us far more than others. But it's important to understand that that scar and that past history and that trauma does not justify you destroying your life in the future. You know, your decision not to trust anyone, your decision to avoid emotional connection, you know, to, to believe in someone and to trust that they will be there even though in your past people have left. 
it, it is a decision that you have to make for yourself. And the only person that can justify the right decision for you is yourself. Because, like I said, we all have our own life to live. And our process and our healing is our own. You know, you may do things exactly like I do. You may do things like a therapist tells you. You may do things in your own way. Um, in the end, we all do it our own way. But it's important that you try. And to me, it's important as a people that we are more mindful of the trauma that we see in people around us. You know, when someone withdraws from, from life, when someone is emotionally taxed, you know, just purely being there, you know. I have learned that, um, you know, when someone is upset, they may strike out at you. They may be hurt. They may have lost something. They may have lost someone. And you may offer help and they may snap at you. They may not be polite. They may be because of their grief or their pain in a situation emotionally that they don't react in a way that they would had they been in a positive place. And it's easy to react to that like uh, the guy on the highway when you honk at him as he's swerving over into your lane and he is embarrassed and and whatever the situation is, and he flips you off, you know, it's easy to F you, you know, fuck you, dude, I'm going to flip you right off, back off. And, uh, you know, I would urge people to be a little smarter than that and a little more emotionally open than that. You know, I don't know this guy. And although I prevented an accident by honking at him and now he's mad at me for flipping me off and flipping me off, um, you know, I'm just going to keep on driving. Um, you know, if I pull up next to him at a light, I'm going to look over at him, I'm going to smile and I'm going to nod my head, good day. And he may still be pissed off. You know, he may still be wanting to cuss at you for honking at him and you know, it's important to me to just let it go and to realize that, you know, he, he could be going through a loss. He could be, have just been fired from work. He could have just been dumped. He could have all sorts of things that created that problem. But if we don't open our mind up to the idea that other people are going through things unseen, then we're all just flipping each other off and, and dividing ourselves and preventing each other from being happy and preventing ourselves from being happy. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> so anyhow, I'm about done. I, um, I just wanted to talk about, um, you know, trauma and what it is and how unseen it can be. I want you to do as I'm doing, or I hope that you will take the time to look at your own trauma and your own choices in life, you know, decisions you've made, did they help you or did they hurt you? And I mentioned it, I think, in the first podcast, you know, a, a person on a TV show was asked or a movie was asked, you know, what's your, your, um, what's happiness to you? And her response was, you know, do the people around you predominantly bring, lift you up or bring you down? And I would ask that of yourself, you know, do your decisions and your emotions 
in your internal dialogue, does it bring you up or does it bring you down? And I know for myself, a lot of the time, I'm very hard on myself. Um, I've had people around me that were happy to echo the sentiments that I felt, um, to tell me what was wrong, to, you know, to point the finger and blame. And it's important to realize that you do have the choice. You know, you can wake up tomorrow, you can start right this moment, and you can decide to be a little bit nicer to yourself. You can forgive yourself for your feelings of not wanting to trust someone. You, you can realize why you feel that way, and you can try, even in the smallest of ways, to be more mindful. I actually did that exercise with someone that I, I loved very much, and I, I told her when she had these feelings that um, something was wrong, you know, and there was very frequently those feelings, you know, to stop and tell yourself, to, to use your critical brain, and tell yourself that I am loved, the person I'm with loves me, they want the best for me, and that literally took me three seconds to say, and it's a three-second long exercise. You know, I am loved. The person I love loves me. It's going to be okay. And just the stopping, realizing that this is what you are supposed to say is a choice. It's a, it's a step in the right direction. You know, so perhaps you you decide to, the next time you feel like you're unworthy and no one loves you and and you're always going to be alone, or you're never going to be in a healthy relationship, or you're never going to have a cool job, or be able to afford whatever you want. It's about time that you are nicer to yourself about it. You know, make the decision to stop. Reinforce something positive in your own brain. Say something nice about yourself. And even if there's a hundred negative things going on, look for the good thing. Focus on the good thing, and soon you will find it much easier to find the good things. So just as you were lost and in a strange city trying to find gas, and you were found yourself in a terrible neighborhood, and you were afraid for your life, you know, eventually you will find the highway on-ramp, and you will be going the direction that you choose. And you will get there because you chose to do so. So this has been the Black Sheep Rising podcast. I'm Mike Elder, um, urging you to make those tiny steps to be a little nicer to yourself. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening. Um, I truly do appreciate you. This is Mike, and thank you very much for joining the very first episode of Black Sheep Rising Podcast. This is my story, or at least part of it. There will be several segments, and uh, I hope that um, you enjoy.